We begin today with my revealing a subtle and possibly hidden theme within my podcasts. I take you on a tour and let you meet my fellow customers at the grocery store. I ponder what makes the perfect grocery store checkout experience. We welcome a Russian visitor and prepare for surgery, all on the way to answering the question, what is your expressed ratio? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. If you've heard me speak in person or listened to many of my podcast episodes, you might have noticed an interesting, subtle sub-theme. I mention grocery store checkout lines a lot. The reason for this is that I feel like you encounter, at least I know I do, the full range of humanity and human emotions in a grocery store line. So when I'm speaking about love and charity and understanding for other people, you'll often hear me mention the grocery store checkout line as a place where you get to practice these things. As I've mentioned before, I really love to cook. So not surprisingly, I also enjoy the grocery store. Oh, I should mention I also hate the grocery store too, but more on that in just a moment. I wander through a grocery store and I'm filled with a joyful sense of potential. I can make or cook just about anything with all the ingredients I'm passing as I'm shopping. So consequently, and not surprisingly, I do most of our grocery shopping. Now, I open this podcast with my theory about checkout lines, but truth be told, this theory could really be expanded. I'm aware that in the grocery store as a whole, I'm forced to, no, I should say I get to encounter the full range of humanity and consequently the full range of human emotions just within this one place of business. Now, let me tell you of my experience yesterday, as an example, when I went to the grocery store. There was the woman who was studying the labels of two types of canned tomato, really studying them, kind of for a while. So I patiently waited. When she realized I'm there waiting to get a couple of cans of tomatoes myself, she looks at me and she apologizes profusely. And I tell her, no, you're good. I'm fine. You haven't inconvenienced me in the slightest. She's wearing a mask over her mouth and her nose, but her eyes are suddenly smiling and filled with warmth, and it really makes the entire encounter worthwhile. I turn down the next aisle and encounter a couple. The woman has stopped to get something off the shelf in the aisle, and for some reason she's decided to turn her cart sideways and block the entire aisle. She's oblivious and doesn't notice. But her husband, who's with her, who seems to be standing guard, is clearly aware. He stares me down, and I recognize the look. I'm kind of reading that he wants a confrontation. He needs me to speak up so he can escalate this into some sort of verbal conflict. So I wait. I say nothing. I'm annoyed, but I let it go. The next aisle, I encounter two guys walking down the aisle, shoulder to shoulder, having a conversation, and making everyone who's in the aisle step aside to let them pass. I watch them carefully because I can't tell if they are doing this because they're oblivious 
or if it is intentional. Again, the following aisle, I encounter a family who's doing their shopping and in the process, they're eating their groceries. There's a bag of potato chips that they have opened along with a package of cookies and something else I don't recognize. Okay, time of confession for me. This drives me crazy. I don't like it when people open things in the grocery store. I don't really know why it bothers me as deeply as it does. So I find myself in that moment wondering, why don't I like this? I mean, is it something that I feel like they're doing to me? Am I worried they won't pay? Does it break some sort of internalized rule that I don't really understand that I carry around with me? All of that is my thought process. Down another aisle, and I encounter a mother-son combination. He's probably 14. He's pushing the cart for his mom as she shops, and he is clearly not happy to be there, and he's kind of tuned out. He has stopped the cart in the middle of the aisle as she looks for something. I wait. She looks up and sees me and says, you can go around, except there isn't enough space. I literally can't go around. I don't need anything on this aisle anyway, so I turn around and go back the other way. I get to the checkout lanes, and all the lines are really long at this particular moment, so I pick one, which I invariably have pretty bad luck at doing, and I pretty quickly realize that I have once again picked the wrong line. The checkout woman is the slowest grocery store checkout person I have ever seen. No exaggeration. She works at a slow, and I mean slow, deliberate pace that reminds me of a character sketch Tim Conway might have done on The Carol Burnett Show. We finally get up to her ringing out our groceries, and she's still slow. Really slow. I think, well, at least she's not going to be slamming our produce around. And it turns out, in the process, she's nice. She's, she's really nice. I wonder myself... Would I rather have had a person who's fast, efficient, and rude? So here's the question. What kind of experience did I have at the grocery? I'm not asking what rating I would give to this grocery store. I'm asking myself, scale of 1 to 10, what was my experience? How would I rate that slice of my life that I experienced in the grocery? Now, if you listen to me describe my time on this trip, which is a pretty typical trip to the grocery store for me, you might think that my visit was, say, a four filled with frustration and annoyance. But let me look at things in perspective. This grocery store is about a mile from our home. It's large, it's clean, it's well-lit, it's convenient, has most everything I want. I may have spent a little more time than I anticipated doing my shopping, but I got everything I needed. And, and well, truth be told, I got a couple of items I really didn't need at all. I encountered some people who were... When all is said and done, nothing more than kind of minor hindrances in the scheme of things. Also, at this moment, I'm suddenly reminded of a story I want to share with you. I was meeting with a university professor a number of years ago, and he told me his own story about speaking at a conference here in Atlanta. This conference happened some, I don't know, 25, 30 years earlier than he was telling me the story. So the international politics of the times were a little different, as you will see. It seemed from his story like the two preeminent scholars in his field were this guy I was talking to and a professor from Russia. He'd never met the other professor from Russia, but was really excited to finally get the chance because he too was coming to speak at the conference. 
The Atlanta professor volunteered to pick up his colleague at the airport because he wanted to meet him and spend some time with him. The Russian professor, as it turns out, had never before been to the United States. Actually, he hadn't ever before been outside of Russia, so a brief tour of the town was in order. In the course of showing the visitor around, he asked if he would mind stopping by the grocery store with him because his wife had asked him to pick up a few things before he came home. The Russian professor, of course, agreed, but was silent and reserved during the time in the store. When they got back to the car, after a couple of minutes of silence, the visiting professor said, I want to see the real grocery store. The American was confused. The Russian explained, This place we just visited is ridiculous and clearly created to show people from other countries when they visit. Show me a grocery store that wasn't created for propaganda. These two men went on to become dear friends and visit each other many times. And actually, they later on loved to retell this story whenever they got together and laugh about it. But the story is a wonderful reminder to me as to how ridiculously amazing many of our grocery stores are and that I have the absurd privilege of getting to shop in the midst of what can only be called, well, an absurdly silly level of choice and abundance. So I go back to my question, how would I rate my experience? Well, if I put all things in perspective, it was really pretty amazing, probably a 9 out of 10. Now, why all this focus on the grocery store? Well, as I said, I think the grocery store is a microcosm of life. And I got to thinking the other day, how would I rate my life? Not my experience at the grocery store. How would I rate my life? My natural personality type is that I analyze and evaluate everything all the time. Which is fine, I guess. Except here's my recent thinking. My life has to be, I'm guessing... A 9 out of 10. Yeah, just like the grocery store. I have some moments of frustration and annoyance. But by and large, I I lead a pretty wonderful existence. I have a wonderful and safe place to live. I have abundant clean water. It runs hot and cold for me. I have heating and cooling to make the seasons more enjoyable. I have family members who love me and who bring an overwhelming sense of joy to my life more often than I deserve. I have two wonderful, funny, loving grandkids who bring a new sense of perspective every time I get to be with them. I get to cook and create meals, which I love to do, and I can afford the groceries that I need. I get to do this podcast. I have something that I enjoy doing and genuinely look forward to. I get to go scuba diving upon occasion, which is one of the true joys of my life. And we go on other wonderful trips as well. I lead a really good life. Not charmed. I have challenges, but it is a pretty good life. So here's my discovery I came to recently. My expressed ratio is wrong. My life is a 9 out of 10. I admit that my life is 90% good. But if I were to do an objective evaluation, not of my life, but of the things I verbalize, I express in my life, the opinions I offer, and I don't think it would match the 90% I mentioned. So let's just look at my verbal expressions for a moment. We'll take away all the non-evaluative statements and questions from this discussion. You know, things like, 
I'm running to the hardware store, or do you want coffee? Let's just focus on the moments when I'm offering an opinion, good or bad, about something in my life or something in the world around me. And I will tell you for certain that my ratio isn't 90%. I am not saying 90% good things about my life. I'm, I'm, I'm not even saying 80 or 70. I would guess that expressed ratio, my positive to negative, is probably more like, this is embarrassing, a 40-60 split. Now, I'm not sure that a 90% positive ratio is possible. Might be. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've never even come close. But it has dawned on me that my life is more filled with joy and satisfaction than I allow myself to realize. Now, why does that matter? Okay, I lead a good life and I complain more than I should. But why does, why does that really matter? Because it shapes my real life experience. Several years ago, I had an L4-5 laminectomy infusion. Okay, I had back surgery. Before the surgery, I read a really interesting study. People who are about to be put under anesthesia and undergo surgery, those people who simply repeated to themselves something like, the surgery is going to be a success, I'm going to heal quickly, the pain following the surgery is going to be manageable. Those people who said things like that just in the couple of minutes before they went under anesthesia had statistically significant better post-operative experience and quicker healing. In short, the things we say shape the way we experience our lives. Now, important side note, this isn't a podcast in which I'm telling people who are facing genuinely difficult life traumas to buck up and see the bright side. I'm really not talking to the people who are dealing with serious things like abuse or the illness of a close family member. You have a right to voice your feelings. And if you don't have a place to vocalize your struggles, I encourage you to find one because you need that. My point here is that many of us, well, our expressed ratios are wrong. We're living lives that are far better than our words reflect. And if you're living a life that is 70% good. Shouldn't your verbal ratio be closer to that? Shouldn't your verbal ratio express that? Because, because if it doesn't, you are literally missing out on truly enjoying all the wonderful blessings you already have in your life. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me by email, my email address is dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone. I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.